what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back this is the nine by nine volleyball show it is tuesday may 31st my name is rob st Clair, joined from toronto north of the border by both everett delorme and dan manili in our last show apart before i head north of the border to ottawa for the volleyball nations league boys national team season is here uh finally this past weekend was i think the first weekend of right the now. entire year where we really had no volleyball to watch but now and Everett's right. Literally right now, there is volleyball being played. I'm watching it on the other TV here in my office, live from beautiful, oh, sorry, beautiful Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana, is uh, Brazil versus Germany. Yeah, well, you had I'm, to do I'm, it. I mean, I'm going in on this stupid venue later on in this show. You better believe it. So Germany and Brazil are tied 1-1 literally right now with uh, the USA and Dominican Republic coming up later tonight. There were matches played this morning. It is official, gentlemen. National team season is here. Yes. Sorry, I thought th- I, I thought that deserved a, deserved a round of applause. Um, it feels good, doesn't it? And it's weird to say that because I, I like to uh, let's say harp on the VNL at, at times, but once it's here, once it's time, it feels good. Like I haven't been I haven't been to a volleyball event since 2020, and now I'm stoked. Like I, I'm I'm ready to go to Ottawa. I'm ready to. Uh, watch the women kick it off tomorrow night for team Canada. I'm stoked to watch these matches today. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Well, the um, matches today have just featured now for the second time in one match, like a professional level international match. The German women's team has been called out of rotation, not once, but twice. Okay. <laughs> what is going sorry. on in Shreveport, Bossier city rough, right now? Sorry. Vitel Heinen, Vitel Heinen, get your crew together over there. He's getting yelled at by the down <laughs> official right now. Oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, if it's Vitel Heinen, he's probably trying out some weird rotation or honestly, he could even be doing it on purpose to mess with his opponents, you know, get them off track. Something weird. I don't know. I feel um, like, Hein is the type of coach to play uh, mental games with his own team as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like just kind of trying to be back there, like manipulating them all. Friendly um, reminder that Vitel Heinen is now coaching the German women's team. There's been a lot of coaching movement this offseason. Some of it we'll get to. We'll get into some of the 14 player rosters for the women's this week, and we will get to the men's as we start to understand who's going to the tournaments that start next Tuesday. Uh, this might be a shorter show because of how much there's going to be coming the next couple weeks. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about our, our content plan coming out of Ottawa and all that stuff. But let's jump in really quickly to women's VNL. So these are the, this is the overview of the pools for the entire tournament. But going on right now, starting today and going all the way through this Sunday, uh, the VNL women's is in two places. It's in Ankara, Turkey, uh, which is one of the great volleyball live viewing experiences in the world. And then quite conversely, <laughs> you have Shreveport, Boston City, Louisiana, USA where I can see Vital Heinen patrolling the sidelines right now. He is one of approximately 30 people in that arena. Uh, well, yeah. A little, a, a bit of exaggeration there, but yeah, it's rough. The, uh, the contrast between what we saw in the crowd at the um, Turkey versus Italy match earlier today and what we're seeing right now in this Germany versus uh, Brazil match are two scary different scenarios scary, scary different scary uh, you know, scary it, different scenarios. i think it's just some guy from shreveport he's like multi like millionaire you know just hey guys five million dollars so i don't have to travel to watch volleyball that's that's the only logical explanation for it in my I, that, I can't think of anything else really can't that being said to um maybe back up shreveport bossier the city a, a little bit no um, the game being played at the moment is not featuring the home team Right, so let's let's wait and judge until 9 p.m. tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central time, um, for when the USA takes on the Dominican Republic. 
uh, because that's when we're going to get a true feel of of how things are going, right? It's it's tough to uh, okay. We have to guys. We have to give a disclaimer to our fans because we started this show in the middle of club season, and if you don't know anything about us, we're all like I would say pretty impartial, fair. We we don't have really either of us have any favorites when we're doing club teams. However, we are very unashamed, unabashed homers when it comes to our national team. So 100%. it might be a bit of a different uh, change in in style if you're a new listener to the show. Which is, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I'm a gigantic American fan. These two boys are gigantic Canadian fans. Uh, we, Me and Everett had a great time last year just roasting each other up ahead of uh, the USA's beatdown of Canada one. at Men's VNL. That was yeah, a really was, fun one. That, it did great we, views. It, 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 it was fun until the game started. <laughs> and, and then so it I, wasn't so fun for I, me. I, I, I seem to recall uh, TJ DeFalco just smoking Stephen Marr right in the face out of the pipe in that match. And I do remember that, too, yeah. unfortunately. Good, good um, times Unfortunately. <laughs> uh yeah so the the, uh, the trash talk seems to get more views so we'll we'll go at each other for our our national you know our, na- our national teams going against each other it's really what it's all about and speaking of which at least on the women's side this week we have uh canada versus usa so just to set the stage for this week really quick there's there's a lot of volleyball going going on in two different places in the world the format is a little bit confusing because you have eight teams per pool quote-unquote but it's not really a pool because you don't play everyone else in the pool. Uh, each pool, all right, I'll just call them groups of eight teams. They go to a place yeah, in the groups world. Groups is better. Groups is better. Yeah, they play for six days, and each team plays four matches. So you only play four of the other seven teams in your group. I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, you do that three times. Every team will eventually play 12 matches in the in the preliminary round of VNL, and that creates like there, there's not a guarantee that you play everybody. However, we do get USA versus Canada. So that's when we get to look forward to this week in the USA, although it might as well be a neutral site being in Shreveport, Boston, City, Louisiana. But that one is Friday night, uh, USA versus Canada, 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. A couple of the other matches that we were excited about, there's USA Brazil, a gold medal match rematch on the women's side. That's Saturday night. And then there was one this morning that we might as well jump into between Turkey and Italy. Boys, did you watch this match this morning? Uh, no, I, I was at work. I watched part of it, but once I realized what was going on, honestly, like Turkey playing a very strong lineup, Italy, Noah Ganu, as they, as they mentioned right away, um, a lot of other players missing, pretty much just Chiricella and uh, Monica De Gennaro were the only two, or in Malinov, I guess. Malinov, yeah. yeah. But really, not. I don't think there are any super... In, in, interesting threads with that Italian roster, unfortunately. Let's take a look uh, so. at the Italian roster that Dan's talking about. So just to, another thing to make clear about VNL, if you're a first-time watcher, the 25-player rosters for each country's team were unveiled about a month ago. And from those 25, each team can pick 14 players to travel with to each site to play so every team each week of the three weeks of preliminary round play that there are may or may not bring a different set of 14 players and not surprisingly at all this first week with the 14 players especially for the countries that have players that literally just finished up club season last week for example italy we're seeing a lot of these teams starting off vnl with less than their perfect or less than their like olympic or world championship caliber rosters most notably italy here so it was a nice like fun matchup on paper between italy and turkey if they both played their full teams but that didn't even close to end up happening as dan was saying really the only 
likely Olympic people even on the roster were Kiri Kella, Malinov, and and Dejanaro, and really that was it. So it ended up being a 3-0 beatdown for Turkey in Turkey, and they brought the A-team pretty much, other than, I mean, I don't know, who were they really missing here? A couple of outsides maybe, but they had Karakurt, they had both Gunesh and Ida Erdem in the middle, uh, Which... they had Jansu Ozbay, they had both liberos, like they were, this is pretty much the A-team for Turkey, but they're playing in Ankara, so it makes sense. But yeah, so but when is the last time either? I was kind of surprised to see Erdem on the roster. When's the time last time she's played for Turkey? I was surprised considering like she's wrapped up with Fenerbahce like two weeks ago. But yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but the the reality is is that like this is this is prime like marketing time for the for Turkish Federation, right? So I hundred percent expect them to to see a different roster from this group next week, right? Like a more right. toned down roster going into group uh, week two and, and and week three. But if you're ever going to bring your A squad, you do it, you know, just after the Turkish season is done, right? Like, what a better time to promote some of these players. Like, all of the Vakif Bank players, they're fresh off a Champions League victory. This is when you want them. This is when you want them in the public eye. This is when you want them playing at home. This is when you want them on national television, right? So you're just building on that momentum. So I I think it would be a huge waste uh, of an opportunity for the Turkish Federation, who, might I add, seems to be like one of the few federations that actually does it right in terms of marketing the, the sport, both at the national team level and at the professional level uh, with the measly Sultan Liga and, and whatnot, and even with the Efforler League on the men's side as well too. Um, so yeah, I think this is exactly what I, what I expect from, from the Turkish Federation. Uh, and I also love to see it because as you remember, uh, on Saturday, I believe I did, uh, I did pick Turkey to win the women's side. So yeah. There is one kind of interesting omission. I, if, you, if you're considering this one of Turkey's strongest rosters, uh, Tugba Sinolu from uh, from Vakif Bank, who doesn't start for Vakif Bank, but did play a role in the European Championships last year and has, you know, considered one of the stronger prospects for Turkey in the past. Likely going to be, you know, we talked about last week about Vakif Bank, how they keep these really good player, national team players on the bench and then start them. T- Tugba, do you guys think that's just because she's, you know, was it Vakif Bank so recently? Or do you think, you know, maybe she's losing a little favor on the Turkish national team? Tough to tell, yeah, especially maybe, when maybe. Giovanni Gudetti is the coach of both Vakif Bank and this national team, and he brought in Tuba Shinolu a couple times in the stretch run when they beat Fenerbahce in Turkey, and she was really, really good. And funny He's, enough, that's really Turkey's only position of weakness is the left. They don't have, they don't. I wouldn't say they have a top ten or even maybe even a top twenty player in the world at the outside hitter position in all of Turkey. That at least not like an offensive-minded, like score-first sort of player. And that is the, the only reason why I don't see them as like a, a real threat to win this tournament yet is because they don't have that outside hitter they can really lean on offensively. But yeah, I would expect Tuba Shinonolu to be in the mix for a tournament like this. Like, who else is on here? Hande Baladin she's, played okay today. Um, Malia Tuba is on, the, is on the 25. I'm not surprised. Yeah, on the 25. Right? So she's, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's eligible for the, the next weekends and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, run with run with who you got. Rest a few of them. Go with a different roster ne- the next week. So, um, yeah. Turkey, but, uh, by the way, next after this, hosting in Ankara, they go to Brazil. Uh, for their second leg. And another thing that's important to note about just kind of about format is of the 16 teams on each side, eight make the finals, which this year is way better than the VNL formats of the past. But if you if you host the finals, you get an automatic bid as always. So Turkey on the women's side is hosting the finals also in Ankara. So they could, they of all teams could, if they wanted to play an inferior lineup, rest players, and then show them up back in Ankara for the finals right. because they qualify. But 
and uh, men's by the way the finals in bologna italy so italy you could argue could do the same thing but now like we've kind of framed in the last couple months really the, the the key here for this vnl that's different than so many others is the shifting of the entire national team format in the into how the world rankings points work and how it affects olympic qualification and world championships and so many other things now every single match you play matters every match if you win in, a, in, in any like recognized FIVB match, you gain world ranking points. And if you lose, you lose world ranking points, regardless of pool phase, who you're playing against, whatever. You either win world ranking points or you lose them. And that is also based on your world ranking, the world ranking of the team you're playing against, and then the results of the match. So there's a lot going on there. I won't pretend to understand the math. But what you need to know is that every single match on the national team level between now and the 2024 VNL, uh, the end of which the Olympic fields will be decided. Every single match matters way more than they ever used to. So whereas we used to see a bunch of teams send B teams to VNL all the time, you cannot afford to do that anymore under the new system. But yeah, I think, no. sorry, go, I ahead. go ahead. Go, no, go uh, down. I, there's just one very particular point that I really hate about the system and that's the fact that 12 teams stay in VNL no matter what. So they get more like opportunities to uh, you know play better teams and win ranking points. Um, so I think you, you can't have both ways. You can't have like this VNL count for these really important tournaments and also have 12 teams perpetually in VNL with no indication of how they got to be one of those core teams. I mean, we all know what it is but also in no indication of, of how that could change, right? And I'm, all those conversations obviously happen behind closed doors. So uh, just to one, be clear, I mean, like, to be clear Dan's yeah. talking about money. Dan is talking about money. 100%. 100%. But, that, but that, that's exactly, and we just talked about this, right? When we talked about this on, on past episodes, when we discussed the, the changing of this format and, and the VNL, right? Is that you can buy your way into VNL. China. Right? And China on the men's 100%, side. 100%, right? And now that the fact that match uh, every single match is so weighted it's uh, it gives any vnl team a huge boost to make it to the olympics right or make it to world championships and be one of the the, the top uh ranked ranked teams in the world so i i agree with dan like i think that this is ultimately an, an issue and there's also the whole other side of it that we talked about it before that we are um we're, we're, we're running our players dry right like oh, we yeah. just finished a massive club season that started with the European championships that had the Olympics before that, that had VNL before that, you know, like there's no chances for our best players to, to repair themselves, to, to, to get better. Right. Uh, to, to rest and, up. So and as much as the FIVB would rather have it changed, probably a lot of players are playing European championships over VNL. hundred percent. Oh yeah. hundred percent. No doubt about it. This is right. not a European championships year, by the way, but it is a world championships year. So that extends the national team season for more teams in the world, even further a question in the chat really quick. Is China still a core team for VNL uh, looked on Wikipedia? They're not either. They're not listed as a core team or a challenger team. That's because they're neither. They're in this VNL only replacing Russia straight up because Russia was kicked out of all international tournaments and all sports. So that's why China's in. I don't know what the future of VNL will be for them. But boys, I have a, a devil's advocate take about the inclusion of like, some of these core teams like continued participation in VNL. If you're a core team, and you just, you know, you get that automatic berth in VNL year over year. You don't have to do anything to earn it or keep it. But if you're a team that's not like, that's not top 
10, top 15 in the world, but you're playing VNL anyway. And every single year you're going like two and 10, <laughs> one and 11. Like if you're just getting whooped up on a VNL all the time, all you're doing is, is making your world ranking position worse. If you're a, if you're a not very good, but like wealthy enough core team that continues to play VNL year after year, why would you want to keep doing that if it's actually hurting your chances to make the Olympics? Because well, because I don't think it's going to change the draft. Like you'll just be at the bottom of those VNL teams, right? Oh like, no! Yeah, every gonna... match every match you lose hurts you. Even if even if you're the dead last team in VNL, even if you're playing the number one team in the world, if you lose a match, you lose points. And okay. the, and the, the the mediocre teams like Tunisia is a good example. We were talking about this when we initially thought that they were going to replace Russia in the field for men's VNL. It actually might be better for Tunisia, their chances to make the Olympics, to not play VNL. Because if they played VNL, they'd just go 0 and 12. Like they just get, well, they, they might, I don't know, maybe they beat China, maybe they beat Australia, but they're not going to win very many matches. But my, my question here is do you get points for just, like, because in the past, like, even the, the teams finishing in last place, the VNL, were still getting international points, no, right? No, not, not, not for participating in the tournament. You, okay. you, you earn points for winning matches. So, if so you there's go, no, like, first place gets X amount of points anymore. No. Towards towards the volleyball nations, okay. No, I I don't think so. I think well, I think they they would have to be right. But no, if I don't you, think there if, is. I don't. I really don't think there is. It may and maybe I don't know. Podium, you get you get some bonus world ranking points. But I'm pretty sure that if if just because you play VNL, if you go zero and twelve, you, you're gonna lose world ranking points. You don't okay. get any just for. Playing. But here, here's a hypothetical, Rob. You're de- it's definitely a fair point. I, I've thought about this as well. But it's an Elo ranking system, right? So if you're like. 18th place Germany or whatever, 22nd place Tunisia. Yeah. Okay, if you go 0-12, you're going to lose points. But if you, you know, catch a Poland or a France playing, resting their starters, and you happen to win one match, like you can gain like 40 points, and yes. then you yes, you know you, you lose one or two points by losing to really top ranked teams, right? I'm, it'd be it'd be interesting to track actually exactly like with the payoff for some of these lower teams because it is definitely an interesting question. Dan's should... absolutely right, and that's that's a good point just to make clear about kind of how the format works. If you're ranked, I don't know, 25th in the world, and you go up up against Brazil, who I think is is Brazil still number one on the men's side? They've got to be right. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Might be close. Know. Well, I'm, let's I'm let's use a women's a example because everybody knows that the USA is the best team in the world on the women's side. That's not even close. So let's say you're the 25th ranked team in the world, and you travel to lovely Shreveport, Bossier City. You get the USA resting their starters for one of these VNL games, and you beat them. If you're ranked 25th in the world, you gain a ton, a ton of points for beating the number one ranked team. Also, the number one ranked team would lose a ton of points for losing to the team ranked 25th. But let's say you're the 10th ranked team and you beat the 9th ranked team. The exchange of points there is not nearly as much because of the much, much tighter disparity in world rankings. So Dan's right. If, if you're going to play VNL, if you're a bad team that plays VNL, you go 0-12, that hurts you. But if you even go if you go one and eleven maybe or even two and ten you you might be coming out positive because of the value of those wins is going to be greater than the than how much those losses hurt you cumulatively. Mm. I'm looking at the the the, uh, the the some of the the numbers right now, and so I'm looking at like Brazil women just because they're they for for the record, Rob, you're not going to like this, but actually Brazil oh sorry Brazil men, I apologize, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazil men are, are still ranked, but when they lose like when they they beat argentina it's like plus 2.2.43 beat chile it's like plus 0.65 but then losing losing to argentina is minus 13 67 
right? Losing to Russia was a minus, losing to Russia 3-0 was a minus 17-51. Whereas like as the top team, the most that they, I can see that they gained here by is by you beating the USA three three nothing, and that's six point two two. So, so is it does the set score affect how many points you gain or lose as well? It looks yeah. like it. Yeah. It okay, like that's it. interesting. But here, let's see if we can go down to like a lesser team, uh, like the Netherlands. Yeah. So they were losing. They they were on the the other side of it, like losing matches in the VNL last year was like. Minus one point eight, minus zero six six, minus two five three. So when you're one of those those lesser teams and you're losing to the to the, to the better teams, like it doesn't it hurt you that much. Yeah, but it, 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 but much. if if you lose if, if if you net negative uh, after twelve matches of VNL, let's say you don't make the playoffs. If you net negative in world ranking points, mm-hmm. it technically hurt you to participate in the tournament. That's a good in, point. So maybe it's, in, yeah, in maybe, maybe it's of, more fair than we're giving it credit for. So let's. Yeah, let's, I think we should track some of these teams and see. Like, you can even check last year, honestly. Uh, Yo, yeah, I know the, the points go all the way go like back through. They go through to the 2019. If you look on the, on the rankings and click details, um, so you can see every single match that they've played. Like Olympics, um, yeah, it looks like Olympics, European Championships, VNL is is here. Uh, Olympic qualifying, so it's it's every single match is there. Okay, well let's let, yeah let's let's pick a couple of these. So on the women's side, uh, ever you, do you have the world rankings up still? Uh, I can jump to the women real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So USA, I assume, is ranked number one. It yeah. would be ridiculous if they weren't. USA, is, Brazil, is Brazil, China, Turkey, Serbia, Dominican, Italy, Russia, Japan, Netherlands, Germany, Poland, Belgium, Korea, Colombia, Thailand, Bulgaria, Puerto okay. Rico, Canada. There we go. Oh yeah. So let's 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 <laughs> let's, let's follow let's follow three teams here. Let's follow the USA women, the Brazilian women who are playing right now, and I actually want to put up their roster really quick for this week in the USA. As uh, like we said, the, the next. Uh, two weeks from now, they'll be hosting in Brasilia on the women's side. Uh, let's let's follow the world rankings of the USA and Brazil, and then let's also follow Canada because they're one of the lower-ranked VNL teams on the women's side. Let's see if they net positive world ranking points at the end of this tournament. That'd be kind of that'll right. be that'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Although I do think I do think we're going to do way better than we did last season. We can get that into it a little bit and get into that a little bit. Okay, um, so th- anything about this Brazilian roster, this gentleman? While they're they're uh, they're up two sets to one on Germany right now, uh, I don't really think there's that much to talk about here. This is pretty clearly at least a B lineup to some degree. I mean, you've got Macris, but no Gabi, no. Uh, there's not, not not much of anyone else who started at what, the last Olympics that I can see. No, and I mean that's that's the thing that you're going to get with Brazil and Italy is the same thing. You know what you have at the top of your roster. You know what's what's going on there. You know how good they are, and all of those players have just done deep runs. Like Bagabi, like she was in the Champions League final just like two weeks ago. She really right? deserves some time off. <laughs> Absolutely, she she deserves some time off, right? And so, like for, for a team like Brazil, it's a chance to get get these young younger athletes in. So very 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 different, I think, than the uh, than the North American approach mainly. And it looks Dan, like on the other side of the court. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was I was gonna say about Brazil because this Brazil was your pick to win this tournament, Dan. Uh, I mean, all all you really have to do is you know manipulate your roster in such a way that you make the final eight and then play the starters in the final eight and hope you win the tournament. But 100%. Uh, does does this does this start for Brazil in terms of the fourteen player roster surprise you? Is 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 this part of the roadmap <laughs> towards winning the VNL? It's a little surprising to me because. I mean, we saw a little bit with the woman last year, but Brazil tends to 
bring a lot of their good players, or at least the ones they can convince to play. Yes, so I'm do. a little surprised at this. And I, I think it was Clayton on the on the first match. He says, you know, it's hard to make the finals in, in the first uh, round, but it's, it's also quite easy to drop out. Uh, well so, said. In a, so in a, in a, a golf tournament, golf yeah. saying, four-day tournament. You can't win a tournament on Thursday, but you can certainly lose it on Thursday. And maybe yeah, exactly. the same applies here in the VNL. I mean, they're doing pretty well, actually, against like a, a fairly good German team with like Hannah Ortman and uh, Je- Jennifer Janiska, Camille Weitzel, Mary Schozel. So like a lot of the g- good younger German players are here. Uh, so yeah, if they win this game, that's actually there. pretty... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and the sets have been competitive so far between what I, I don't really I don't really know what Germany's like world championship starting seven would be. And now that they have Vietel Heinen, maybe that's even harder to predict than before. But they're hanging in there well with, <laughs> with Brazil's B team. Like I would expect that matchup to be pretty competitive. Who do, who do we think the weakest team in this pool is? Is it is is it Germany or is it um because the other team is Dominican, right? In this pool? Yeah, like the, the one. Or, that's, sorry, sorry. This group, this group, in, in, the, yeah, in the group, the group that's in Louisiana, or right is now. it Canada? It, dude, it might be Canada. <laughs> I think, I think it's like, Canada, to be honest. So this, this group, like, let's let's take a look at him. That's a good transition into a yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Brazil, let's, U.S., Dominican, Poland, Canada, Korea, Japan. Like, I think, unfortunately, Everett, uh, the Canadian women okay, might okay. be the weakest team in that pool. Take I'm it from going, here. I'm going to respectfully disagree with that. Because okay. how many teams at this tournament have two top five scores from two of the best leagues in the world, right? Or two top ten scores, right? Kier Van Rijk was a top level, a top score for THY in the Turkish League this year, and Alexa Gray has been one of the best scores in Italy for uh, Busto Arcesio last year, right? Canada got some good wins last year, and that was without Alexa Gray. That was with a you know rookie Bree King, a, a rookie. Um, um, why am I forgetting her first name? How? Same thing with Andrea Mitchell. Hillary Howe. Hillary, Hillary Howe. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I was just thinking of her brother Jackson the entire time. So I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hillary. Um, that was with a rookie team and without arguably, arguably your best player. Now you you have all these athletes that are a year older, a year more experienced, and you've got your two anchors. You've got Kira Van Rijk and you've got Alexa Gray. And you've so, got your setter. Yeah. yeah and, and you've got your setter who has a year, like uh, another year of pro volleyball underneath their belt. You've got a couple of left side options. You're really, really strong down the middle. Like even when you go on to the next ones with Alicia Ogum, she plays in Italy, like, or, or, I don't even know if Ogums is on this this week's roster. I can't really see. I can't really read the the graphic on on our screen there. Um, but I, I'm like Maglio's is a great um, a great middle in in Turkey. She's going to play for THY she had a good next season year. In Turkey, yeah. yeah, she had a great season and has had a couple of great seasons for for Nulufer. Like Jen Cross is coming st- uh, like fresh off a Greek championship win, playing for Panathinaikos. Like I think this roster is going to do some good things. Like when we're playing teams like the Dominican Republic, and when we're playing teams like Germany, like Korea, I think this team has a chance to win. I really, I really truly do. Okay, but you said why they're a good team, but who do you see them finishing above when all the dust is settled? On this pool, like I, I could, I could see them finishing above the, the Dominican, right? The Dominican is an old team, right? Like, sur- sure, you still have Big Beth, but like she's getting up there in age. They haven't really been producing much, much good talent, quality talent in the in the past few years, right? So definitely better, better than Domin- the, than the Dominican. Uh, I'm not gonna say Brenda Castillo because... as well, though. Yeah, that but once awesome libero, awesome. Yeah. yeah, but like, dude, how old is she now? Right, like, and like this. And this she's is a, a libero. Like, what's this is a team that like they were close to beating last year, 
right? And they were close to beating last year at the North Seca Championships without Emily Maglio, without Alexa Gray, right? So, like, they had they had some holes in the roster, the roster at the time, and they, they've been able to fulfill it. I, I just think that this this the, this Canadian team. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs necessarily. Actually, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. That's a that's a huge stretch to say. But I do think that they're they're coming to play and they're coming for some wins this this year round. Okay, uh, let me for the people listening on the audio podcast. I'm just going to read down the 14 player Canadian roster for Louisiana this week. And Everett, I, I want your take on is this their a team like if, if they were to go to world championships would this be their 14 uh, setters Bree king and courtney baker opposites mm. kira van reich and sydney grills mm. outside hitters alexa gray hillary howe caroline livingston and andrea mitrovich middles jen cross jazz white emily maglio Alyssa fitterer liberos julia merman and katarina georgia georgiadis Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not familiar with her, but yeah, that's Georgiadis. Uh, I'm pretty sure she, she's still in Georgiadis is still in the NCAA. She's been with our junior, our junior team for a while. Uh, her parents once drove me home uh, from a, from a practice. Nice people. <laughs> um, um, true story, actually. When she was with the Etobicoke, or sorry, the Scarborough Titans Volleyball Club. Now just the Titans Volleyball Club. Regardless, I'm I'm going on. Um, there, that's more or less the A, a team schedule or, or roster. I do think that our S two second place setter is going to be Kim Ravitai, who played in France this year. Uh, obviously, our second off opposite should be Shana Joseph, who uh, also had a, had a pretty good France in this year. Now, Joseph's been with the national team for a number of years, and she's been playing pro pro for a number of years. So I could see her having. Uh, a, a summer off um but yeah more or less like the the left side is definitely where it's going to be interesting like who's going to be playing that p2 between hillary howe and, and andrea mitrovich uh who's the fourth outside hitter you said again Ooh, wait i already i already moved away so i could look up sorry the american carolina carolina livingston okay oh, carolina livingston like she's she's like a, a solid pro who's been playing in france for the past few years and she's a good she's a good service option but doesn't isn't really going to be playing full-time minutes so there's like a few names like the, the main names that i'm missing um from there more or less is like shina joseph kim rabitai and then uh the other one would be vicky savard on on the left side as well uh, but yeah more or less our more or less our a-team Okay, well, yeah, let's see what they can do. I mean, Canada in action tomorrow, right, is their first match? Yeah, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. is uh, a match number one. Versus who Poland. Versus Poland, yeah. That's so, nice. I mean, it's that Polish squad is going to be really interesting too, right? Because you're bringing back um, Asia Volage. Um, and but so no that, Magdalena Stisiak, no Malvina Smarzek. Like, other than Volos, I don't recognize very many like top-level club names no. from the Polish a, a few, A few middles and stuff like that. Real quick, though, uh, just going back to Team Canada, just real quick, and then it says, from Jordan, LOL, I played against Sydney Grills in high school. She was on the boys' <laughs> team, and she was the best player at her school. <laughs> okay. Um, That's bald. Good to know. Good to know. So... You know, I, I like this Canadian team. It actually have convinced me. Now, now I think they will be the Dominican Republic. But I, just, I like the, our starting seven. But, like, you're right. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced by this depth. So I think they need to bring this roster, like, to everything. Depth depth is depth is the issue for sure. Like, yeah. even once, even with the players that we're bringing, like, our backup setter and right side are, are very green. Um, like, I ba- barely know who, who they are. Uh, and really, we're only three outside hitters deep on, on the other side. There's a lot of depth in the middle. Um, that's that's the best place. And when when both China and uh, Kier Van Riker are, are there, there's there's some good things. But there's some there's some really good young players coming up in the system right now. So I think that depth is going to be filled out in the next few years, much like we saw with the men's team over the the course of the 2010s. 
Well, that's what I wanted to ask Everett just before we move off Canada. Do they have to bring like some combination of 14 players that includes that starting seven or eight? Do they have to bring that every week? I think they probably yeah. do. Yeah. They absolutely do. And I mean, we saw it with their roster last year where they mostly played the same athletes the entire single time. Yeah, right? they did. Like, like Van Rijk was dog tired by the end of it. Um, and especially with last year's event, like that was that was just so much. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think we're going to see a little bit more leeway with the roster this year because we do have those anchors with Alexa uh, and and Kira. And we have those that that just added experience with with the other players. But absolutely, like this team goes no more than 10 deep if that yeah that's fair and, and I, it makes sense for them to travel to to everything and you're, you're you make a good point about comparing last year's event to this year and the the schedule because last year it was you played every other day for a month and that was it uh this you play four matches in six days and then you have about 10 days off although there's a lot more travel involved there uh, you're only playing mm. 12 matches total in about six weeks so uh, it's still way better than it was before where like you were finishing better. up on Sunday way and then better. Tra- traveling Monday, sometimes two travel days. And like, you have to write off that day cause you're just at your hotel fried and then you start up again. Like this is yeah, definitely, like, definitely yeah. improvement. It's, it's much, much better for the athletes, but it, I think it still starts a little too early. Uh, we, uh, yeah. we have a note, a note in the chat, uh, quick correction in the FFUB ranking system. You don't have to win a match to gain ranking points. A big underdog can gain ranking points just right. by winning a set off right, of a good right, team. So that, and and that's that's totally a fair point. So set record does matter for that. But, but, but I think you need also to be have, like 30. Yeah, have we seen that in practice ever? That would be interesting. Nah, th- that's that's the that's the thing that we're going to have to keep track of a little more closely is like let's say, I don't know, like let's say when Canada plays USA a couple nights from now they grab a set. Does that result in them netting positive in in world no. ranking points? No, they're way remember, too close to each other. It has to be like 30 to 1. Huge upset. Yeah. Do you guys remember a huge upset recently that we can go? Uh, we can go track. Mm. What about Turkey, only, Brazil, Turkey, Turkey, Russia, and the men's side? You what know what I can think of is when Canada beat. Going, bringing it back to us now. Um, but when Canada beat, um, uh, Canada beat China, China last year. Yeah, China. So I'm, I'm going to look that up right now. Well, it was, it was a three setter. Yeah, that I mean, that was that would have been a huge, huge world ranking swing. I'm, I'm wondering if if a team ever lost three to one and gained world ranking points. But uh, that anyway. was only that was only plus thirteen for for beating China. But it wasn't three sets, whereas pl- it was also plus thirteen to beat uh, Germany the next. So that's the thing. Like Canada got wins. Like we yeah. beat Serbia, we beat Germany last time. Like there's there's the potential there to do do good things. Yeah, Canada's no joke. I, I would never would never classify Canada as a joke of a team on the women's side. Let, let me see who who would I pick to get relegated over them? Uh, I think. I think Canada's Canada's definitely better than Bulgaria. I think Canada's better than Thailand. Oh yeah, especially sure. seeing how they came out today. Thailand stomped Bulgaria three nothing. Thailand destroyed Bulgaria. I mean, Bulgaria didn't have uh, Vasileva, who just got married to Alexander Atanasievich this past weekend. So uh, she, she's the only player. Lovely on Bulgaria. couple. Lovely couple. Love, lovely lovely couple. Nice people. Well deserved time off. But there's there's a reason why Bulgaria got stomped this morning by Thailand, and reason why we're not talking about that match. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. a match a match going on later tonight that we should be talking about and that we will be talking about is about the defending champions. Uh, the United States women's team kicks things off at home, quote-unquote. Uh, Shreveport-Bossier City is not home. I want to make that clear. There's 
There are no athletes from there. There are no volleyball players from there. There's no volleyball played there. There's, there's nothing there. Uh, this is as annoying to travel to for an American as any of the other sites in the entire VNL. But this is what we've got. And this is the American 14-player roster that we have for this week. And this is about as close to a B team as the USA could field right now. The only the only top level position is opposite. You have both Annie Drews and Jordan Thompson, and because uh, Annie Drews played in Japan, she had a much shorter season. She's been off for a little while now, and uh, Thompson was coming off some level of an injury, so she's been in the states for a while now as well. Everyone else really is somebody that wasn't playing elite level European club volleyball. It's not a lot of Olympians actually. There's none, if I'm not mistaken. I think Drews and Thompson are literally the only two Olympic gold medalists who would be on this roster. So at setter, you've got <laughs> Lauren Carlini and Jenna Gray. Uh, Gray's first first look ever on the senior national team, but this will be Carlini's tournament to run the show for sure. Annie Drews, Jordan Thompson on the right. Both of those will see a lot of time. I actually wouldn't be that surprised if you saw them both on the court at the same time, perhaps. Uh, outside hitters, Maddie Kingdon, Sarah Wilhite, Kara Bayama, and Ali Franti. Uh, all four good players. Uh, Franti and Bayama are real up-and-comers. And Kingdon and Wilhite have been kind of hanging around the program for a long time and have seen minutes, just never quite broke through to the starting level. Although who can blame them with like Jordan Larson, Kim Hill, Barch, like players like that up ahead of them. Um, but I, I expect Kara Bayama to be the best and most often seen outside hitter out of these four. She's going to play for Vakif Bank next year. Uh, she had a phenomenal year in Zhezhov in Poland this year. Uh, I would not be at all surprised. I, I expect her on the world championship roster later this year, and I could see her on the Olympic roster in 2024. So I'm, I'm really high on Bayama, and I, I expect her to get a lot of touches. Middles, Tori Dixon, Brian Butler, Dana Retke, and Anna Stevenson. Uh, we know about Dana Retke. She just made the jump over to play in Italy. Uh, Tori Dixon's been around forever. Past that, a couple of young pieces. Brian Butler out of Texas, Anna Stevenson, I think, is out of Louisville. Um, both making their way overseas, and I'm curious to see how much how much run they both get this tournament. Then at Libero, Morgan Hentz and Kendall White. So two Liberos on the women's roster. That'll be Morgan Hentz's spot. I expect the world to really get to know her the way that those of us who watched her play at Stanford already know. So Stanford legend. Totally. This is a B team, just to be super duper clear. This is a B team. And I mean, it's, even though it's a B team, they could easily walk out of Shreveport, Bossier City 4-0 and because it's Brazil's B team. It's, I mean, who, who else does the U.S. play? We're, we're, we're playing Dominican Republic tonight. That's super winnable uh, despite the rosters. Then Canada on Friday is winnable. Brazil on Saturday would be a tough one. And then Japan. Like, it's not impossible for this group of 14 Americans to go 4-0 this week. I don't know. Now that I'm looking at this roster, Rob, I'm, I'm feeling better about our chances on Friday. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that, okay. That's an interesting like, take. We might have to put something on that. What do you mean that's an interesting take? You're bringing out a pure B team against what is going to be our A team. You're, going to, you're bringing in players who have very little pro experience against players who have played at the top level in the world. Like, might I remind you that Alexa Gray put Busto might on her back? Last I season. remind you. You know what I mean. Whatever. Um, <laughs> who? Uh, this this sounds like a very similar discussion ever it is to like the underdog mentality you had d- debating the Canadian men over me last well, year. And we all saw how that one went. Everett, here's an interesting question. What positions do you think Canada has the advantage? Uh, 
left side and right side or right not side right sure. side Wait. not even close who, thompson who and annie drews think, are both okay. better players than kira Van. but are they here this week yes we just All talked right, about this you're right yeah okay sorry you're right okay uh, skills the only i think kira van reich is close though i think kira yeah like kira van reich is within that that within that conversation for sure and i i would 100 percent like i would put kira van reich on ahead of annie drews for sure i would not and it's me you, I love Jordan Thompson. You, love because Jordan you, Thompson. you love you love Annie Drews, and isn't she a, a good old Purdue Boilermaker? I, I absolutely love Annie Drews. Uh, there it is. I've known her yeah, for years, but I think she's a better player than Kiara Van Reich right now. I would fully disagree, and yeah, we'll uh, I think the, her, I think both of their stats um, speak in my favor from this past season. I think the Olympic um, gold medals are pretty disparate. Yeah, but once again, as you've said yourself, the USA is never reliant on just one athlete, but how they work together as a team. Absolutely. So, whereas, like Canada was purely on the back of Takira Van Rijk last year. And I mean, hey, where did Andy Drews play this year? Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I think that, like, Japan versus Turkey. I mean, if, if you got paid that much to go and win a league and play half the duration oh, of the oh, season, oh, wouldn't this, you? I would. I mean, I, I, this is not a, a question about... Yeah, we're not, we're not on here flexing about Sean Vernon Evans and Bartosz Kira. <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's if every dares bring up Sean Vernon Evans' fantastic no, 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 no. You never, Japan you ever never, again, you never, I'm hitting him with that same argument. You never cross, you know, cross the sexes. You can't argue... No, but it's true. Like, you can't argue... No, but you can't argue something for on like the women's side and, and bring in men's... Well, no, but but like you you know that if if you're talking down on Annie Drews for playing in Japan this year, and then you're bringing up the fact that Shawan Vernon Evans had a phenomenal <laughs> season in Japan, he's ready to be a top five percent in the world. Do, am I gonna am I gonna rate that compared to someone whose season was in was in Italy? It's the same thing, like there, like like yeah, I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna say well, that's in, a good... in Shawan's case. Yeah, I think you might. Right. Well, I mean, absolutely, because the year before the the, the last season when he was in Ravenna, he scored 300 plus points, and then he had to play for that stooge wearing uh, the uh, the yellow, red, and black right now for for Germany, uh, and then he got nothing. So that's why he's in Japan. <laughs> but let's talk about women's volleyball here. Oh my God! Uh, I mean, that that kind of wraps it up. I, I'm curious to see how this USA team plays this week. It, it'll be Lauren Carlini at the helm setting. Uh, it'll be opposites getting a fair amount of the balls. Maybe we'll see. Uh, a look at what a USA team would be like that is a little more opposite reliant. Uh, we'll see how Dana Retke plays. I, I expect her to start a lot of matches. We'll see how Morgan Hens plays. I expect her to start most of the matches. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible for this American team to go 4-0 this week, but I, I'm not sure that that's Karch's plan. I don't think he he's certainly not results a results-driven coach by any means. He's just trying to give these girls a look, get the best out of them that he can this week. Um, put on a, a show that's not totally embarrassing and the embarrassing site that is Shreveport, Bossier City, and and then move on to the rest of the tournament when they're playing bigger I've, and better I've, teams. I have two things to wrap things up here. First and foremost, one of the biggest interesting things for me to, to watch the USA this weekend is going to be Dana Retke because we've seen her in so many different stages already. Like it was what, like six five, six months ago when we were watching her in a, an NCAA final leading to a team to a championship dominating yep dominating and then she moves straight to one of you know the best league in the world playing in the champions league playing against the best teams in the world like right off the bat she played against Canigliano and Vakov Bank and like let's remember how dominant she was early on in her time with Monza and it kind of fizzled out so i'm really interested to see how that progression is and how she's gonna, she's going to be re- reacting now that she's like a full-time member of the national team she's a full-time pro and how that transition is going to be made because i won't lie i was a little disappointed with how she finished the season at monza how she came in so 
like emphatically, I really thought that she was going to add a lot to that team, and she kind of fizzled out towards the end. It's tough, though. It's her first season overseas, coming sure. in in the middle of the season. It's I agree. Uh, I'm, I fully. Uh, that, that's why I'm. I'm interested I'm, to see how I she. I think she'll do back great. I think she'll yeah. do great. That, that's that's essentially my thesis as well. And then finally, Rob, um, there was a correction for you in the uh, chat, please. Um, it's saying that uh, Sharif Bosport, Sharif Bosport City, no, Shreveport Bossier City, <laughs> butchering it right now. Oh, oh, good. Uh, does, please, does but, have something, and it is the uh, largest Amer- largest American export, uh, and that's crime. Uh, so you can't say they have nothing. Uh, some people have things that belong Wait. to other people. Oh my it's god! It's the most crime. It's most it's, crime a, in the US it's up oh there. It's it's up there. Yeah, their their crime numbers are are just horrifying amongst right right along with uh, right along with the beautiful city that uh, Rob is in right now, Chicago. Yeah, it's 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 bad in Shreveport, Bossier City, and they have they have really no. There's literally no redeeming qualities. I, I was cherry picking like reviews on the internet of people who have lived there that are. Just, just going in on how terrible of a town it is, and we, we don't need to talk about it anymore. Uh, if you're if you're watching on Volleyball World TV, like literally right now, unfortunately, you're subjected to it for this week. But uh, hopefully, I, I can stop like actively hating USA Volleyball after this week when we're out of that place. And as for women's this week, I mean that, that's kind of it. There aren't that many like blockbuster matches. It's kind of just getting back into it, getting some new faces involved, giving some of the the usual like international superstars a break i think usa canada will be fun i think usa uh brazil Brazil on saturday will be fun and i think that's kind of about it so let's now shift our attention gentlemen to the men's and before we talk about men's vnl we have a very important piece of news coming out of men's volleyball today I thought we were going to lead lead the show with this uh, because I think I think this is the, the the biggest news in the volleyball world right now. The fact that Wilfredo Leon is getting surgery and will be out for the rest of the summer. Yes, uh, unfortunately, Wilfredo Leon, as as we've documented well on this show, we were suspicious that he was having some some non-trivial issues with his knee towards the end of his season in Perugia. I when I was watching him, I couldn't tell like if he had an injury and if I could like pinpoint that he was limping on his knee or whatever, it just didn't look like based on his production, his explosiveness that he was totally at a hundred percent. But as it turns out, he posts on Instagram today, quote, he, he does this in English, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not reading off Google translate. As you probably know, for the last three months, I've been struggling with pain right below my left knee. After consulting my state with specialists from Sweden, Poland, and Italy it became clear to me that I would need a surgery. It's scheduled to take place next week, and the recovery time is estimated to be, be between one and a half and three months. Therefore, I will miss the VNL tournament, and there is a large question mark if I will be able to win a spot in the team for the World Championships. It's a tough moment for me because I always tried to do everything to avoid surgeries, but I know that getting back to trainings with the national team right now would be too painful and too risky for my volleyball career. I believe I will come back stronger, and I'll be ready to fight for trophies in the upcoming tournaments. So, gentlemen, first, let's talk about the effect here on Wilfredo Leon. We're not going to see him in VNL. I'd say it's a 50-50 chance at best that we see him in World Championships. But could this maybe be a good thing for his long-term career just to take the summer off, get this problem fixed, come back in the club season 100% and ready to make a push towards Paris? I I mean, uh, the reality is that we're talking about long-term on a guy who's like 28. Right, like he is in the middle of of his career, right? Like he's he's right in the thick of it. 
Um, and and Leon's always dominated by his pure power and you know just ferociousness. Like he's a fantastic athlete. So to me, this could kind of mark the maybe the end of what we know as Wilfredo Leon, right? Like he's never suffered an injury like this. Um, he's never had to go through this kind of big rehab process. I don't think that, I think this is going to be the first time he's ever had surgery, right? So. Like this is, we're not talking about like a, a young spry 24 year old here. We're talking about a 28 year old who's starting to feel the bumps and, and bruises of having played a, a long time. Right. Well, um, and, and that's the other thing. This isn't like a, uh, you know, he's 28, but he's been playing on the highest level since he was what? 16. That's like, what yeah, I wanted and, to bring and, up. And, and training, training Cuba on the, on the pavement before that. So, yeah. So like his, his body is beat up. Um, but, you know, on the what, other like, side though, Robert Landy Simon is still like what? 30. 34 and but he had he had so many summers of just not true, playing yeah, national true, team true, true, he, he doesn't yeah. doesn't have the wear and tear like wilfredo since jumping back into national team play with poland has i think this is yeah. a good thing for him uh ever you're you're overblowing this the significance of this surgery significantly it's not reconstructive yeah. there's no there's no ligament damage there's nothing really going on here it's it's because it it's sounds like he's just getting fluid drained it's like patellar tendonitis or something he's just getting like a sack, that's like that's fluid, nothing man. that is that's a, a surgery that that athletes will do when 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 real athletes actually have off seasons that they'll do and not miss a single game's worth of time like they'll play through it through the playoffs they'll get it as they'll get that surgery as soon as the offseason happens they'll come back for training camp in north american sports and they'll be just fine we just don't have that in volleyball so he, he's forced to miss some time somewhere this is yeah. not a big deal not a big deal one and a half to I three mean, months of recovery time is nothing, especially for a knee surgery that can be so much more severe than that. I'm not worried about Wilfredo at all. I think that if we don't see him for Poland at all this summer, that's actually going to be good for him. And my oh, next question is, is it good for Poland? Can't not. A, I mean, you're losing the best player in the world. It can't be good. But can Poland still compete for a trophy at VNL and for a, another third consecutive win at world championships without Wilfredo Leon there. Can that still be done? Well, first of all, for, for just to, to finals on your first question, like I do, I do, I do think that him not playing the summer at all is a good thing, right? Regardless of all of that, but I'm kind of looking past that, right? Is he going to be better when he, when he comes back? Are we going to see the return of, of what we saw? And that is where I'm, I'm kind of, kind of questioning things, but taking the summer off great idea, including the world championships, give everyone else a chance because to answer your second question, Poland can absolutely still win it. Like you've got like the three outsides or the three outsides that just won back-to-back champions league, just won the plus Liga, right? Like you're telling me that any team that wouldn't win the world wouldn't take the three outside uh, team of, of Semenya, Konsivka and Kazmarek. Like that's still a team. And plus you, you look at everyone else around them still hundred percent. One of the, the best teams in the world, not to mention the depth of that squad. Now you just have to bring in your, you have to the chance to bring in like someone like for or maybe, maybe Quolek. Um, there's so many options with the, with this polar Polish roster that hell, maybe it just, it, it, it benefits them in the long term because you're getting some of these players a, a, a chance to, to come in and play. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Everett. I think they're still going to be fine. Uh, it's I think it's definitely the more interesting question is like who who are those players going to be, right? Because right? you have, I mean, for, I think we all in agreement. Many after the season you just had is is a, basically a lock. And I would have said the same thing for Alexander Schlifka, you know, a year ago. But he, he, as we've gone over on the show before, and as we saw in the Champions League in the last few rounds there, that he's not he, he didn't have the best year, and, and whether that's just a you know, a, a temporary thing is that's going to be the player he's going forward. I don't know. I think he's like still could pro- provide a lot in reception. So I think there's a lot of value that way. But um, another guy we have to consider for now, obviously very good as well. 
but Bartosz Bendors, who I feel like has uh, somehow escaped a lot of discussion the last couple of years, um, despite being, you know, having one of the best, like, like one of the best players in the Italian Super League a, a few years ago with Modena. And then last year getting buried on Zenit Kazan, in which we, we all haven't watched as much. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think Alberto Schwolak is kind of out of the picture at this point. Uh, Everett, so would you, 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 you go that? Yeah. I would. Uh, so, okay. So, Rob, who, Maybe. who, who of those two guys would you start? So it goes. It goes. Comes down to two different philosophies, sort of. Do mm-hmm. you keep the the chemistry that's worked before with Semenyuk and Schliefka, and sort of the two like different types of outside hitters, where Semenyuk now is very clearly an L one, even though it's usually Schliefka that lines up next to the setter. Semenyuk's the high ball scoring guy. He's the guy that you can set more balls. And Schliefka now is less so that guy. He's he's the craftier one. He's the ball controller one. Even if the numbers don't totally back that up, like that's the roles that they play? Or do you put in a Bednors or a Fornell, who are both kind of the same type of player, a bigger, more offensive-minded player, next to Semenyuk, who I think really could play either role, but this past season in Zaxa was the offensive piece on that team that they had to have going even more so than their opposite. And I think it could go either way there. But, but those four, like Semenyuk, Slivka, Fornell, Bednors, that's a Pick world blindly. championship group Pick of four blindly. outside hitters right there. You can literally just be like the this this and just grab it and be like, okay, we're playing this number and this number today uh, from that group. Yeah. But I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you, Rob. There that I almost think that maybe just because of the way that Schlifka differentiates himself from the other three outside hitters, that we're going to see him the most, right? Because he fits into that P two position perfectly. He passes well. He plays great defense. He deals with a lot of out of system stuff fantastically, right? If he's not scoring, he's putting the other team in a, in a bad position, putting them out of position, out of system. And then, hey, let's let's wrap it up with our defense and our block, right? So. I think we might see a lot of Slivka over the course of the VNL just because he can slot in as that P2 guy getting, you know, a fraction of the sets coming in with like 11, 11, 12, 13 points a game while the other guys are running the show. What do you think the odds are that we get five of the starters from Zaxa in like a final match of Poland. I, I kind of want to see the high. roster like that that is all seven Zaxa guys, like not at least Zaxa within the past three or four years. Which yeah, you, you can like make you can make a really good one of the last two years because yeah, yes, you have Kovanovsky with this year's roster. You're just missing one middle because Huber is Huber Torres Achilles is going to be out uh, until yeah, early 2023. Sure, sure. Yeah. But so at that, at that point, you bring in Mateusz Biniak and he played for Zaxa in 2019. So. Like you could then Zatorski, Janusz, the three Zaxa wings currently. Like you can have a, a full like Zaxa lineup plus Zaxa's coach from last year, Nikola Gerbich, who we've got to just talk about the fact that he is now at the helm of this Polish squad. You don't have to worry about Heinen keeping in Jizka and Kubiak for way longer than they should be anymore. You could play literally an entire team of Zaxa guys and. Uh, somebody made the point in the Discord today. It might be one of the re- really rare cases where we could potentially get a look at how a club team matches up against national teams. It might be, <laughs> it might be the closest we could ever get. Here's here's my question for you guys: Is there any other pro team in the world that has as as a significant impact on their national team? Zeni Kazan. Uh, True, but yeah, but there are a couple other really good ones in Poland too. But even but even like Zenit Kazan, like they're always. Like they're always relying on foreigners. Whereas if you look at Zaxa, like their top foreigners are realistically Olivera, role, yeah. role players, right? Like with 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 Smith and, and Soji. Like I think the other oh, the Shoji only other. Player? I mean, he's, he's 
the a top but, but, three libero but, in the world without any question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, he's still like the the libero. And while I do agree with his TikTok rants that a libero should be, um, you know, coveted more and more respected and and paid more. Right at the end of the day, very few times is a libero more than a role player. Like they're not putting score. There's not putting points up. Uh, up we, on we, don't, we don't have to fundamentally debate the nature of the position. Yeah. I, I'm I'm, but, just, I'm curious about Poland because without Leon this summer, this might be an opportunity for them to relearn how to win major international tournaments without him, like they were able to do before he got there. And really, since he got there, I don't think he was really a factor in 2018 at the World Championships. Right? I was. I, think I don't just, think he was on the team yet. I, I, think, I, was, I think he was just yeah. before he was eligible to play. And Poland, yeah. since that tournament, has not won a major international tournament. So uh, we've talked we talk about it in club. Winning is a learning curve, and uh, maybe this is a nice opportunity for Poland do, to figure it out again before they get the best player in the world back in the mix next year. Do you think Leon was wanted to have the surgery earlier and was pressured by Cersei and Perugia to, to delay it till after? Because the timing... The timing there seems a little con- like exact. No, I think no, he did, I think yeah. he did what any athlete would do. I think you, you have an, you have an injury okay. that you can play through, and you just do it, and then you get your surgery in the off season. But, but like I said, in volleyball, we don't have an off season, which is totally not fair, and we've talked about it many times. And so he's going to get the surgery done now. But I think like NBA Finals, for example, or or NHL playoffs, yeah, like any of those guys play, that are still playing in those two leagues that had this injury, they'd play right through it and get the surgery when the season ends. I, I don't read into it yeah. that much. I fully agree with that. All right, let's look elsewhere around men's VNL because here's the schedule. Here's where we're going. We're going to Ottawa, boys. Canada is. Uh, we actually didn't even talk about it on the women's side. Uh, Canada also hosting, but that's in several weeks in Calgary. Yeah, we'll talk about that when it comes closer. But what is extremely close is Ottawa. Not only is Canada hosting a, a week of men's VNL again, but all three of us, me, Everett, and Dan, will be there. I will be there the entire week. Everett will be there even more than the entire week, and Dan will be there at the very, very tail end. So uh, that will affect a lot about this show what we're going to have it'll be a very different week of content from volleyball source and from the nine by nine than what you're used to for example yes. next next week next tuesday during normal show times uh will no literally will literally be during a match so we won't have a show yes. but uh everett and dan we were talking about this j- just before we came on today give the people kind of a rundown of what they can expect from us next week because we will have boots on the ground in ottawa that means content 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 and you're not going to want to miss it so much content. Uh, basically, my content, Volleyball Sources content, is going to be starting on Saturday on the 4th. Uh, that is going to be game two between Canada and France to get things going. So I'll be there. Classic Volleyball Source highlights are coming. They're going to be baseline. Uh, I can't wait. I'm even considering just filming from both baselines because because why not? Uh, sounds like fun. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be starting with that. We're going to be getting uh, in um, – in, in there doing some interviews uh sunday i will be uh checking things out probably the the venue and and whatnot monday because you rob will be at Annie on sunday sunday night monday we're going to spend all day uh watching out some teams practice and doing some interviews tuesday is, is when we're going to get kicked off so what we're going to be doing for uh the vnl is we're going to be going live pre-game uh on the volleyball use source youtube channel just like we do our, our podcast um it's going to be rob and i Maybe Claire Hanna, we're going to invite her. And if she's around, she's obviously more than welcome. Come, the legend, she knows exactly. 
knows exactly what she's talking about. Uh, and then Dan, once he's there, so we're all going to be doing live pregame. Uh, obviously, day by day, we're going to let you know what the time is there. I think late earlier on in the tournament, games are at like 4.30 and 7. Uh, and then later on, there's there's three games throughout the day. So, so we'll let you know. Post-game, we're going to do a quick little rundown, just a quick little video, talk about what we saw, and that we'll, uh, we'll update later. We're going to be doing some interviews. Um, we're going to be throwing down some highlights. I'm not commentating like Rob, uh, which, to be honest, is a loss for the FIVB because I think Rob and the trio of Rob and Claire and I would be outstanding. Yes, but I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be shooting uh, some highlights throughout the, the entire time that we're posting on Instagram and on YouTube here and obviously on TikTok. So it's it's going to be a big week of content. Um, I won't lie. I'm extremely excited. It hasn't been since March. No, sorry. February yeah, Mar- 2020, yeah, Feb- right? Feb- February 2020 is was when my first my last volleyball event was my last international event was january of 2020 with the olympic the uh olympic um qualifying tournament in vancouver so for me i'm like itching to go and just to watch some live volleyball uh, again and i'm even more stoked because this is gonna be the first time that i get to meet rob in person about time, and that is uh, an opportunity for me to kind of <laughs> look at this self-promotion. <laughs> publicly say, well, th- this is going to go out later because, uh, as I, I've I've alluded to this a few times, said in Discord, but might as well like just go out and say it. Um, I will be making my live on-site commentary debut next week in Ottawa. Finally, this is. Uh, I mean, it's it's basically a dream come true for me. It's a little, little, little story time. The first thing that ever, the first time I was ever exposed to halfway decently high level volleyball that wasn't just like trying out for my team in seventh grade in 2007 was after my freshman year of high school, which wrapped up in like the spring of 2009. I was flipping through my TV channels in the summer of 2009 and I stumbled upon the World League because back then uh, we actually put volleyball on television in the u.s and it was paul sunderland and kevin barnett commentating and um, it was the the usa men's team playing world league uh just fresh off of winning the olympics in 2008 so it was like it was matt anderson it was david lee it was sean rooney it was some of these guys that you know the younger guys that we see a lot in vnl well vnl now it used to be world league and some of the the older olympians who just won gold were taking the summer off and I started learning about international volleyball that summer from watching what is now this tournament. World League turned into VNL in uh, whatever it was, 2018. And that really was what kick-started the volleyball like semi-career that I now have. And so for I, I've been doing so much these last couple of years, covering games, commentating things that are overseas, which has all been incredible, but every single bit of that I've done remotely. I've been sitting either in this office or my old office in my other apartment here in Chicago or whatever. To be like there in the gym in Ottawa for VNL to see these national teams play in person for the first time, like as a real part of the event rather than just like buying tickets and sitting in the 15th row, this is going to be really, really cool for me. So either me or Claire Hanna or both of us will be on the call for every single mes- men's match in Ottawa. There's two matches next Tuesday and Wednesday, and then there's three matches Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A um, bunch of huge teams are there. Canada is there, obviously. New Look Canada with Ben Josephson. That's going to be fun. Uh, Bulgaria, Serbia, Germany is there with a brand-new coach. Poland is there with a brand-new coach we just talked about. Argentina is there. They just won Olympic bronze. France is there. They just won Olympic gold, and they're scrimmaging Canada just before. Italy is there. They just won European championships, and we have no idea who 
who they're going to bring, how they're going to manage their roster. So really the only thing that's missing for me as a fan is the USA. The USA will be in Brazil instead. Oh, man, but- honestly, if, if you were, if the U.S. was there, like it would have been a time because like Ottawa filled up in the first year when we had like USA, I think there was like 7,000 people at the match. Like it was a scene and it was a great match. And if you had been there. Who won that match again? Who won that match? Remind me. Uh, who won in Chicago that year? Uh, oh yeah, yeah I, I was there. I was at that one. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I thought. So we traded we traded wins in our in our respective home hometowns. But I'm just saying that it would have been flipping awesome if uh, if um, if Team Canada would would have been there. Uh, sorry, if Team USA would have been uh, in this one because man, it would have been it would have been something else. But that's okay. Uh, I will be there. I'm very excited to have my voice on these matches. Like I, it was, it was a huge honor and just a pleasure to do some of these Italian league matches and Champions League this past season. But to be there in real life and to do it for national team season, which I think we've already talked about it on this show, is what the three of us really, really love about volleyball. It's going to be really cool for me, and then I'm, I'm obviously going to be a huge part of the content with Everett and Volleyball Source. So. Like like Everett's saying, the 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 pregame shows live, the postgame shows that will will literally record them courtside, and we, yeah. we might even like record them for YouTube, but do them on Instagram live, perhaps. Like we're, we could do that, yeah, I, for I sure. Think, I think we should. We're going to be doing so 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 much. So to make sure you don't miss any of it, for one, join the Discord. Uh, you should have already done that. We talk about it like every week. Links in the description. It's the best volleyball group chat like community on the planet by far. Uh, it's Straight gro- up. it's grown a lot in the past couple of weeks. So we're basically at 500 people now, which yeah, is insanity which is because we we were at like 300 a couple of weeks ago. So it's been big. Uh, I, I've seen people like bring it up on random places, and be like, "Oh, yo, this is like pro volleyball Discord." We got like it's it's happening. We got the yeah. momentum going. It's, it's happening. Movement. The movement's and, happening, and the momentum is going to continue as we're going to be at VNL. So this is going to be a big week for volleyball source. Obviously, we've got the, the shows going on in the mornings. Go- shows going on in the evenings. We might and- do might do some some special like twitch content just for discord (laughs) i think i think we should bring it up now we're let's 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 just put it out to the community a little bit for the people watching how would you feel if we brought on a youtube membership to allow uh to some other content uh allow access to some other content um we've had some ideas of maybe doing some uh, volleyball source late night stuff um sit around the living room, have a few pops, get a little wiggly, and then kind of see where it goes. Uh, but of course, that kind of stuff can't just be there all out willy-nilly for you know the public to see. Um, so it kind of has to be behind a paywall. So you guys let us know uh, if you would like uh, a Volleyball Source YouTube membership um, to get some maybe behind the scenes and some, you know, some other stuff from us and, and the world of volleyball. Regardless, uh, I think it's a great idea, and we'll fi- we'll figure out something we can do next week. But there, we're going to be pumping so much out at, that to the best way that I think to get all of it, join the Discord. Make sure you've, you're subscribed to this YouTube channel because this YouTube channel is going to be absolutely popping off next week. And I know I don't want to do like the cringy YouTuber thing and ask you to do this, but you should actually like legitimately turn on notifications for this YouTube channel just for next week there's a bell yeah, icon. Even if it's just for next week right there's a bell icon that you can press that the, that the the cringy youtubers will tell you to press in all their videos but what it'll do is email you when we go live or when we upload a video and to, the, i legitimately think that'll be the best way to know every time we're actively talking about something related to vnl or we upload a video about vnl it's actually the best idea so do that just for next week you don't have to do it all the time but um this youtube channel is going to be a huge platform Volleyball Source Instagram, huge platform. My Instagram at rstclair1 will be huge. Dan's Instagram at 51vb, once he gets there, will be huge. 
Uh, we'll get, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff, the three of us together. It's going to be tremendous. So just make sure you know where on the internet you can get all that stuff that we're going to be thrown at you from Ottawa because we will all be there in person and it will be incredible. And obviously, if you are in Ottawa, in, if, if you are in Ottawa in person, please let us know. Come say hi. Um, you know, we'd, we'd love to see the people who we like literally interact with day by day. All the time on the see, Discord, see just the constantly. I know, Joe Canuck, you're going to be uh, in the um, uh, in, in the chat as she calls us cringy rich YouTubers. And trust me, we are the <laughs> furthest thing from rich YouTubers. If you ever saw the back end of this channel, it's uh it's not. It's not quite back up to the, the volleyball source OG channels just yet. We're getting, we're getting a little bit better, but next uh, week's gonna help. Not, yeah, next week. Next week should help. Definitely not cringe uh, YouTubers, but Joe, obviously, c- come say hi. And then, furthermore, if you are a fan of Italy or of Poland or whatever it is, shoot us your questions. Like we are going to be there. Like you want to ask the head coach something, let us know. Like you want to, if you're from France, you want to ask Gianni something. You want to ask Ingepet something. We are going to be there. Like we can interview these athletes. Uh, we can be your eyes and ears. For, for the entire event so please interact with us um on our socials on the discord because you know we do this for we do this because we enjoy it but ultimately we also do it for you guys the fans right so let make sure you like let us know what you want to hear about if you're from different places you know let us know the different storylines that are going that are going on obviously our lives are very north american centric um and we follow team usa and team canada a lot but we'd love to make this as collaborative as possible and so yeah let, let us know what you want to see let us know what you want to hear and we'll try to give you guys the best coverage we can Dan, you're a media guy. You did this for a living for a while. Uh, what What is it that's different about being there in person in terms of the content that we can pump out to the people? Well, just you pick up so much more in person. Like it's it's uh, it's crazy the amount. And I've I've shared a lot of them on my podcast. I've shared a couple of them with you guys. A lot more, unfortunately, are gonna are gonna be staying in the bank for a while. Um, <laughs> but there's just like a lot, a lot of little. But even just from a sports perspective, this. I mean, first of all, volleyball live is like the best thing ever. It's uh, by far the best thing ever. Infinitely uh, better. Infinitely so better. I'm looking forward, Rob. And by the way, well deserved. Congrats on on this opportunity. Like it's it's amazing, well deserved. And I'm selfishly very happy because it's gonna be nice to hear you instead of some of the other. Uh, guys <laughs> but I'm Thank expecting there to be some. Very nice anecdotes because the be- the best part about being a service and volleyball is like so different in this regard and it, and it's one aspect that we're still lucky in the sport that you know you have such great access to the players uh, you're, you're so close to them they're they're for the most part very chill uh, so you can pick up a ton of stories a ton of information just just being there being in person and yeah I'm excited to hear those anecdotes on on the uh, on the on the call and on the, the live shows and stuff. Yes, there will be a bunch of them. You're absolutely right. I, I can't wait to just mix it up with the athletes just being there because the, it's oh, not. Yes, it's, it's not. Night we will. Oh yeah, it's not like the NBA. <laughs> it's it's not like the NBA. It's not like there aren't the barriers that that yeah, there are totally in different. some of the gigantic sports, NBA, soccer, uh, American football, whatever. There just aren't those. And we're going to be inside the ropes. We're going to be walking around. We can we can talk to basically whoever we want. So. And, and yeah, that'll come through on the broadcast. That'll come through in all the all the live shows we do here on the Volleyball Source channel. Like there will be so much awesome stuff other than the games on the court that will come out of this weekend. And um, the last thing that uh, that we have to make clear is to watch these uh, volleyballworld.tv. They have a uh, I think a little promo code that went out the other day. Come to the Discord, we can give you that. But I heard also they're showing these on CBC in Canada, at least just Canada's yeah. matches. Is that correct? 
CBC Online, cbcsports.ca. Yeah, yeah. If you're Canadian, you can watch all the Canadian matches. That includes tomorrow's uh, uh, women's match. So, going to be stoked for for that one uh, as well. Rob, you know what? I'm the most excited for is Monday. Like, one of my favorite days when it comes to to VNL or any of these is the day before, where you just get to hang around the gym, you watch the teams practice, you kind of watch them interact and stuff like that. Because other than that, like when it comes to game time, you know they come in, they do their warm up, they play the game, and then they leave. So you really don't see that that much. But then when you watch them on like the days leading up to it, is really the best time. So like that day is going to be like the best. I know you're going to be like a kid in this candy store. Because yeah, really. We're really, going to yeah. do a lot of interviews that a lot of interviews that day. I think we should just like set up a camera, stream that practice live because there's no restrictions about it. Like hop on a mic, talk no, about no, the things going on. There's a hundred. There's a hundred percent restrictions uh, about that. Are there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dang it. Yeah. You could you can ask though. Sometimes they, they mm. might be able to give you permission. One of one of my old best vi- most watched videos in the old YouTube channel was called U- or Cuba hates our videos and it was <laughs> it was at the 2016 Olympic qualifiers in Edmonton and I was filming like I wasn't even filming the court I was filming myself and I got kicked out of the gym uh, by Team Cuba um, so and like the the polls are like notorious for not allowing like cameras and stuff like that like a lot of teams like first a lot of it you like should only be filming for like five ten minutes and after that they say like no cameras and stuff like that so. Well- yeah, there's one part I really, if you guys can get this, I would, I would love you guys. Volleys, because a lot of teams warm up with volleyball tennis before the matches. Oh, if you guys I have love ever that. Played that oh, yeah. like, oh, Volleys is is not yeah. Volleys and short court, guaranteed. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, if you guys can get that, I, no, I, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Those are great. I see those on Trentino's Instagram all the time. And it just Rob, like Rob, you know what we're we're you know what we're gonna have to do is I think you and I are gonna have to film a short court showdown. Oh, dude! I would one hundred percent play short like court. I want to. I want to spike some balls. I want to go viral on Instagram for like being a commentator, ripping a two ball on on the VNL court or something like that. I don't know. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll do. We'll do some. Fu- we'll do some fun stuff. Yes. If uh, if my if my good buddy is still the event or the venue director and like the court director, court supervisor, then we should be fine. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be incredible. So I don't really think we have that much else to talk about on this show because uh, so well. Brazil beat Germany, by the way, on the women's side, in case you were wondering the updates on that. Uh, USA plays Dominican Republic here in a little bit. We've got women's the rest of this week, but there's really not that much to talk about yet because there haven't been that many matches played yet. But again, this time next week, no show next Tuesday, but a Mm-mm. ton, 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 ton of shows. Shows, no show, videos. Way more content. Yeah. Shows, videos, interviews, live streams, whatever. <laughs> ton, ton of stuff happening on this very YouTube channel. And then on Instagram, uh, Really, Everett's Instagram and my Instagram will be the keys until Dan gets there. And really just this YouTube channel. There's going to be a ton coming out from Ottawa all right here. So you're not going to want to miss it. No, definitely not. Um, it's going to be, I'm like so excited. You guys have no idea. Been- oh, yeah. I think I have an idea. <laughs> I think I have an idea. Yeah. But uh, is that is that it for this week? Just leon and women's vnl and the men's vnl like oh. i really think that was it yeah i mean we, we don't really need to talk about like the european gold league or anything like that the CEV was that is that what it's called yeah the there's, there's european golden league and silver league if if, if something happens something happens like when, when, when one of those teams wins those leagues and gets a spot in challenger cup we can talk about it but if you really want to watch even more volleyball you can go to the cv's youtube channel and watch national teams but i mean I we're all talking about this. vnl right now there's a couple of good matches. The Ukraine matches are fun to watch. But yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Ukraine. They'll be at World Championships later this year. All right, boys. I think that might. I think that might do it. So uh, the next time we're talking to one another will be in person, in all likelihood. Uh, Everett, I'll see you on Sunday night, my man. Dan, I'll see you 
yeah in about a week and a half if, if i don't if i don't pick you up at the airport we can discuss it but i will definitely pick you up um on sunday night and the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go get the best delicacy in ottawa is we're going to go get an ottawa shawarma that's going to be that's first first things first for all my ottawa out people out there you know that ottawa is the shawarma capital of the world outside of the middle east there's there's literally there's more shawarma places in ottawa than anywhere outside of the middle that's the first thing we're going to be doing. Never and that's that if you're in ottawa that's the first thing you all should be doing as well too Whew, can't wait Okay, people, uh, thanks for watching. Enjoy VNL Women's this week. Uh, hop in the Discord because we'll definitely be talking about the USA match tonight. And uh, we will see you live with boots on the ground from Ottawa VNL. Can't wait. Thanks for watching.